Hello from Bear and Kura, a podcast from the Land of Oz Information Services. I love you, Kura. I love you, Bear. This is episode 41 of the Bear and Kura podcast. We're going to talk about random stuff. How politically involved are you? I suppose that depends on your definition of politically involved. Okay. I used to do a lot of lobbying of people and, like, politicians during the AIDS crisis. But I I really don't do those things anymore. However, I do follow politics rather closely. Yeah. I'm probably in the same boat. Well, except the first part, I, I never really did any lobbying or anything like that during the AIDS crisis. But, but at no time in your life have you called a politician to ask him to do something or anything? No, no. And, you know, I, I vote and stuff like that. I go to gay pride events, you know. But, yeah, I, no, I've never done that. I guess, you know, I, I need to assert my civic duty a little bit better than that. But no, I don't. Or yeah. I haven't. Speaking of voting... When I was growing up, voting was something that everybody I knew did. It was just something that everyone did. Mm -hmm. And when I became an adult, I met people who have never voted, and it just seemed impossible to me that there'd be people like that. It blows my mind that how many people out there don't do it. I mean, to each their own. My thing is, if 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 you don't vote, then you don't have a right to bitch. And it's really the only way that our voices can be heard, too. So I I think it's kind of a civic duty to do it. So, um, but I guess to each their own. But, you know, like I said, if you can't complain about the state of the states or the federal government if you don't take to it and actually do it and vote. So I can actually remember people, people that I worked with a long time ago, who would say, well, uh, when, when we talk about, you know, complaining about the president, they would say, well, don't blame me because I didn't vote for him. And I'd say, who did you vote for? And they said, well, I didn't vote at all. Yeah. So I can directly blame you. then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like this past summer when the whole abortion vote was going on. Some gentlemen that I, a few of the guys that I worked with were like, well, it's a woman issue. And I don't think that, you know, I should stick my nose in and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, that's exactly how you should vote then, because there's your stance right there. It shouldn't be up to a guy. You know what I mean? It was like, and it, it was almost like they hit a broad, broad side of a barn. I'm like, it's so obvious, you know, but they felt like they didn't have a say in the matter. But yet, you, you see what I'm saying? I'll bet if they passed a law saying that a man's child support payments start at conception that suddenly they'd be interested oh, in the oh, subject. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Well, <laughs> that leads us right into the next question. What is a controversial opinion you have? Kill all the babies. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's not... I'm, I'm, that's categorically false. I really don't think I have that controversial opinion on many things. I, I really don't. And yeah, I don't... I did not mean that by any means when I said that, people. 
I, I can't think of anything that really I have a controversial stand on, but I mean, if, if you go and interview a right-wing person and they talk to me, I'm pretty much everything I stand for is controversial to them. So, I mean, do you have any controversial? Considering my upbringing, oh, yeah. I have a controversial opinion that I am an atheist. Yeah, well, I guess you, you say the same for me then. But that would be controversial to everyone who I grew up with. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't really feel any need to define it or defend it or anything, but that's the way I am. Yeah. No, then I, I'll jump on that boat with you then. What, what fact do you try to ignore? What fact? Well, there's so many. No. Um. Sometimes just to save the, the federal government, the hypocrisy, I, 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 I try to ignore, but I can't. How, I mean, how do you take that question? I can't think of anything that I purposely try to ignore, uh, not, not even for my own mental health. I mean, because things are just, they are what they are. I suppose there are people who try to ignore the fact that I'm gay. They don't want to make it uh, a big thing. But I, I don't think I ignore aspects of people I think for me, it's more a matter of tolerance than ignorance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, for some of my my friends and acquaintances that do lean to the right side. I try to ignore that because if I if I don't, I would drive myself crazy. I don't think a lot of them understand when they have these certain views that they're basically going against everything I believe or trying to. Supporting the people they support are trying to take away my rights, and in, in turn, they're they're taking away my rights also. Most of them, when you bring it to their attention in that manner, they immediately backpedal and go, "Oh, well, I didn't know that." So it's, um, you know, I think a few of them have changed their beliefs and hopefully their votes. But uh, yeah, I. I I think a lot of them just kind of, they don't see the whole picture when they support some of these people. There are a lot of very self-involved, me-only people out there. And I think they're mostly Republicans. Mm-hmm. Well, it goes back to, you know, love the sinner but hate the sin. That seems like a very convenient Excuse. dance to have. Oh, yeah. It's, it is. It's very much so. Cause, uh, but, but, but I love you. But, and I'm like, but, but, but you're trying to take away my rights to love the person I love by doing this. So it doesn't go over very well when I do that to them either. If you see a homeless person asking for money, do you give them any? I don't believe I ever have. Maybe that's something I willfully ignore. Mm. How about you? You know the answer to this. If I do, If I have money on me, I will give it to them. As much as every part of me says, no, don't do it, don't do it. Who am I to judge what they do with that money? I mean, I don't go crazy, but if I have some loose change or a dollar or two, I'll give them that. It's not like I turn around and hand them a $20 bill. But most of the time, I, I don't carry much cash on me, really. So, But if, I, if I'm if i a quick trip and I see someone there and, they, and I have a dollar or two, I'll, I feel bad that I'm walking out of there with something that I don't necessarily need. And they could be starving. 
And, you know, like I said, I, I try to look at the bright side of it. I try to think that they're going to go in there and get something to eat. And it's not for me to judge if they're going to wait for two more suckers like me to go get a 40-ounce bottle of booze or smokes or, you know, whatever, you know, the small little thing that needs to get them by. And you you know that. I mean, you would have probably called me a liar if I said that I didn't. So, Yes, that's true. What activity calms you down and makes you feel at peace with the world? Probably when I sketch and color. That's an easy answer. It just it just soothes me. Uh, I, I sketch more when I'm depressed. Uh, it was it's it's always been a coping mechanism for me ever since I was younger, a lot younger. I would draw, and I think sometimes some of my best drawing comes out of that. What do you do? I walk. Uh, yeah. There's a park near the house, and I go for a walk, and I don't know. I see the squirrels and. I see the leaves change. It, I don't know why. It, cool, it calms your soul, doesn't it, it? It sure does. And I don't do it really for the physical benefits. I think I do it more for the mental benefits. Yeah. I mean, I've seen you leave for walks and come back completely different. You're more at ease, more at peace. I recommend it to people. Yeah. Well, it's good. You know, it's good to find that and be able to do it. and actually do that for you so what aspect of your life is going really well right now and what aspect could you use some help with um well the aspect thing would be health getting my leg back in shape i think everything else is going pretty well just in general i, I seem to be i'm not as depressed as i was a few weeks ago work seems to be going well but i'm there very limited so i can't really get that caught up in it but, yeah, the health thing is probably the biggest thing that's bothering me the most. So, how about you? What are the, the good and the bad? Well, the aspect that's going really well is I'm no longer afraid of being near people. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. In fact, I'm around a lot of people now in my my new job. I I can't help but think that the the reason that that was such a problem like a year ago was because of the people that I worked with. I, I think it was sort of a, an unconscious um, symptom of, of a greater problem that I was dealing with. Yeah. As far as what I could use help with, I don't know. I suppose I could always use help with something, but if I knew that, I would do something, and then it, I wouldn't need it anymore. I guess. Yeah. yeah, it's always it's hard to look and yeah, see what you need help with because it takes some introspection too. Maybe I need more walks. Yeah, but right now you're kind of lame, lame duck right now with your ankle. So I suppose I should mention that. Yeah, uh, I didn't on the last podcast, and I could have. There was a night about 10 days ago when I got an alarm from my blood glucose sensor that my blood glucose level was very low. And I got up, and I went to the refrigerator to get something to raise my blood sugar. And the next thing I know, I'm on the floor with chocolate milk all over me. 
and I I was in a lot of pain. I couldn't get up. I called for Kura, and it took him a while to get his prosthetic on and get over to help me. But I hurt my right ankle really badly. The doctor took x-rays and said, I don't have any broken bones, but he saw evidence of a lot of pulled tendons. And my entire right foot is completely black and blue. For many, many days, I could not put any weight on it. Today was really the first day that I felt like I could put weight on it without excruciating pain. It's, I think, going to be a slow recovery. Diabetics, your feet are the furthest from your your heart, so it takes a long time to recover. But I, I seem to be doing better. Yeah, you're on the mend. At the same time, I've run out of pain medicine, so it kind of evens out, I guess. Yeah. Well, you've been doing really, really well, and I've been proud of you. And you have been so supportive and so helpful beyond anything I could expect. Well, thank you. I, I'm not the world's best caretaker, but I, I, I try. I've got pretty big shoes to fill because you, you really take care of me when I'm down and out. But I'm proud of you, like I said. Let's go on to the next question. Okay. What was the most awkward conversation you've ever had with someone? Well, besides this one, just now. <laughs> I do remember there was a guy I was dating, and we had gone on, I don't know, maybe half a dozen dates. And one night I told him, I said, when we kiss, it's like kissing my sister. There, there's, there's nothing there. And he said, I, I guess we're breaking up now. And I, it didn't occur to me that that's what I was doing. Um, <laughs> so I said, yeah, I guess we're, we're going to break up. But I, I, it wasn't a breakup conversation, but it turned out to be one. Mm. And it, it got incredibly awkward after that. Oh, I'd imagine so. That was a long, long time ago. Well, better have been at least 11 years ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> probably the most awkward, I don't want to say awkward, but it was probably coming out to my mother after being in the closet for so long. But coming out to her was, it was a conversation that needed to happen, but it was kind of awkward. I was with my ex for years upon years, and then, you know, I decided to finally come out to her. And yeah, that, that's probably the most awkward conversation. Interesting. Would you rather spend the day at an art, history, or science museum? All of them, but I'd probably prefer the science museum. Well, this is why I say all of them, because I could pick. Oh. I would think you'd be more interested in art. No, see, and then I'm thinking history, but no, the art would be, I think all of them, I really couldn't pick one over the other. I mean, like, one of my dreams, honestly, and I think you would agree, I know it's one of your dreams, is to go spend a week at the Smithsonian. And I think all of it would really interest me. I mean, I've been m more art museums more than any other ones, but I think all of them I would find incredibly, and I know this is going to sound weird, exciting. Most people don't think of going to a museum as, ex a museum as, ex as exciting, but I, I would be very happy to go to any of them. Well, I would say you definitely treat them all equally. But I could pretty much set my watch at half an hour. You're pretty much done with any museum that you're in. 
it's not that bad. Just bring me to a good museum. <laughs> I suppose. Uh, <laughs> for me, I would definitely prefer a science museum. But there is an unfortunate fact that almost all <laughs> science museums are geared towards children. Yeah. There, there aren't a lot of adult rated or, or not not rated but adult oriented <laughs> things for children or for for adults i mean the the last time i can think of anything like that was um an exhibit on the human body that was at the exploration place which is the local science museum and i believe they they possibly almost went bankrupt on that exhibit because they spent a lot of money that was imported from china and they they didn't get the attendance that they they really wanted. Yeah. And after that, they focused on children. That's unfortunate. But yeah, I mean, most of the time you go to those science centers anymore. It's it's Kitty City, and it's you know. But yeah, I agree with you. I I want to see. I don't want to go and make a volcano out of baking soda and vinegar, and I want actual science. The cosmosphere is pretty neat. Yes, it is. And and we have literally spent hours going through the um, space museum mm-hmm. that they have there. It's it's really far more to see and read than, than you could comfortably get done in a day. Yeah. And then we had a good time at uh, Eisenhower. Yes. It's also a very big museum with a lot more to see than you could possibly see at yeah. one time. What's your favorite tear-jerking scene in the movie? Oh, God, the list could go on and on and on and on and on. I'm going to say they're favorites, but off the top of my head, Rudy makes me cry. Rudy? Mar- What's that? Rudy, the movie about the Notre Dame football player, when they bring him off the, the field, that makes me cry. Forrest- that, that was the one with Sean Austin? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Forrest Gump makes me cry. Uh, Marley and Me makes me cry. Up makes me cry. I, any Disney movie, I'll cry every time I see The Lion King. It's probably rarer that a movie does it. I'll cry in a commercial, for Christ's sake. <laughs> so, how about you? Like you, I shed a tear or two uh, at a lot of movies. But the one that stands out to me the most would be the scene where Spock dies in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. That, was that, that was just a long drawn out tear jerking scene that no human being could could get through without a tear. Yeah. Yeah, that made me cry. Say so, yeah. Who in your life always stresses you out and who do you rely on to help you calm down? Well we just kinda covered that a bit. The the person that I used to work with in my previous job stressed me out to no end. And while they made some attempt to isolate me from that, they did not, they did not didn't do much. I can definitely say the job that I currently have is nothing like that. Mm-hmm. And the person who I rely on to help me down is you. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing about you. For someone who stresses me out, I really don't have an individual that stresses me out. So I'm probably both of those things? You can be. <laughs> When you don't listen and you do the little shtick you did a few nights ago, yeah, that stressed me out. What are you referring to? When you fell 
Because you didn't tell the whole part of the story where okay. your sensor went off at midnight and you tried to take care of it at 3 o'clock in the morning. But that, no. But you don't stress me out that much. You're definitely the person I go to to calm me down. Almost every day after work, it, there's about half an hour where you have to get out all of your frustrations. And I think I'm a really good listener. Yeah. I don't know if he really listens the whole time. I think he just nods and shakes his head. But, yeah, he does very well. Listening well to I'm me. not so old that I can't turn my my hearing aid out. I, I don't have one. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is poverty inevitable byproduct of human society? I don't see where, posi- where poverty has to be an, an inevitable byproduct of human society. It just doesn't have to be. There, there's, there are enough resources to go around. Well, like they have just announced that there are now 8 billion people on the planet. Mm-hmm. And I believe that scientists have estimated the, the best population of humans for the planet would be only half a million. Yeah. Half a million, not. And we're that, at 8 billion. That's what, 80,000 times more people than there ought to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's just, it's just hard to fathom, really. Well, yeah, I mean, and then you got people like Elon Musk who bought Twitter for $44 billion. That's not even included. I mean, it's just outrageous amounts of money. There shouldn't be poverty, but there is, unfortunately. But he doesn't seem to be doing a very good job either. And seems to be doing a good job pissing people off. The the best post that I've seen on Mastodon, I've, I have moved from Twitter to Mastodon because of all this. But the best post I've seen on Mastodon is that uh, she said she hopes that Elon Musk will buy Fox News next. That would be excellent. What do you consider a wasted life? I don't consider any life wasted. Really, I know that's a cop-out answer. Well, I believe that there is a saying, something like, the only wasted life is the unexamined one. Yeah, that's a good that's a good response. I mean, do you consider anything a wasted life? There are people who waste their potential, but, you know, that that's theirs to waste, I suppose. And yeah, I mean, but who are we to judge that? True. You can, you can find a fault with anything, but, you know. Let's just move on to the next question. Okay. What event would you rather die than live through? I suppose the coming apocalypse. Bingo. People like you and I, who depend on insulin to live, are not going to be living very long. No, it's, it's mean you've talked about it. Like, we joked and said, you know, if there was a zombie apocalypse, what would you do? And I'd say, I eat a bullet. Well, I'd live terribly. You know what I mean? I, I just fighting to find insulin. Seeing the worst side of humanity. All very true. Do you remember a Stephen King novel called The Fog? Yeah. Do you remember how it came out? Yeah. Just like minutes after he killed killed everyone else and his gun jammed so he couldn't kill himself, then the cavalry came. Yeah, the military showed up to save them all. Yeah, after killing his wife and kids, yeah. That's probably going to be our story. Yeah. So, well, we wouldn't care. We wouldn't be here. So, <laughs> true. Yeah, pe- people say, uh, 
what, what would you think after you're dead? Well, I'm, I won't think anything. I'll be dead. Exactly. Do you think morality exists in nature or is it a human construct? It would have to be a human construct. Yeah. Uh, I don't think animals, you know, when they kill something, they, they kill it because they're hungry, not because of a creed or avarice or, or anything. Mm-hmm. Those are all, while I think animals have feelings, that they obviously do, you can tell when they're hangry, when they're content. I don't think they just have the capacity for philosophy that we do. No. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a human construct completely. Okay, well, it looks like we're at the end of the show, so it's our favorite time of the week. So what's your favorite joke right now? A sperm donor, a carpenter, and Julius Caesar walk into a bar. Okay. He came, he saw, he conquered. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed episode 41 of the Bear and Kura podcast. This is Bear and Kura. Goodbye. Goodbye. You have been listening to the Bear and Kura podcast, a production of the Land of Oz Information Services. We can be contacted via email using the address podcast at oz.com. And Oz is spelled A-W-E-S. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find all the best shows under the rainbow at pride48.com.